I'm Mandy. And we are Drama Bonded, a podcast where we normally would talk about The Bachelor, but today we're talking about fitness, specifically fitness <laughs> and social media. Um, I will say that we were just talking about The Bachelorette before we hit the record yeah. button. <laughs> Little hard to, to jump ship, uh, but... And I think there probably is a way where we could keep talking about it and not be violating the strike, but I just kind of feel like we don't get a lot of opportunity to really uh, show where our, our values align. And honestly, I just, yeah, I think we're making the right call. But we just want to let you guys know that we have thoroughly been enjoying the season and we miss talking about it. Yeah, it's good. It's fun. Yeah. Loving it. Uh, today, we, so Mandy and I, are both really into fitness, uh, nutrition, coaching, health and wellness. Yeah, all of it. And we've been evaluating our relationship with social media and thought that it might be a fun thing to cover on the podcast because I think inevitably uh, social media really impacts all of us. Like we are all invested in social media. So, and I think especially as it relates to fitness, it can get extra shitty and like also be extra cool. So we want to kind of walk through like what we think are the impacts of social media as it relates to fitness and health. Yeah. Or at least our personal experience with it. Yeah. And on that point of personal experience, Mandy and I can both acknowledge we've got thinner bodies. Um, We're not coming at this necessarily from an angle of trying to combat anti-fatness, though that is a really big thing. Uh, I will link some really great fat followers, or not followers, fat um, fitness people to follow who I think have really good information. And even if you're not on the bigger side, it's it's a good way to understand better that uh, health is not dictated by the way somebody looks, but rather choices they make for themselves. And yeah, uh, just kind of want to get that out of the way that we're coming from a slightly different standpoint than somebody with a larger body would, uh, which is always good to keep in mind. Uh, okay, so one of the things we wanted to talk about is access to social media and, like, the content that's available for fitness. So much content. So much content. Um, and it's cool because on the one hand, right, you get all this access for free. Like, a lot of it is not behind paywalls, so you can learn quite a bit without having the barrier of money preventing you from being able to really hear from like some of the top people in their fields about what they're doing, how they move, what they're eating, that sort of thing, which is epic. I I love that. I think that that's been really transformative in terms of something that social media has done for the fitness industry. Yeah. I think on the other side of the coin, it's easily too much content to have access to all the time. Um, for example, before I started CrossFit, I kind of was on this slippery slope of following a lot of Fitzbo accounts. Um, Fitzbo is slang for like Fitspiration. And I was constantly being exposed to like 
images of the food I should be eating, body types that I should want to achieve, um, you know, quick 30-minute power workouts, uh, before and after shots. It was just kind of a slew of like this kind of stuff. And I was following more and more accounts that were being suggested to me that were showing me more of the same things. And I finally hit a point where I realized that I... it was really unhealthy for me to be consuming this kind of content all the time, especially the volume that I was consuming it. Yeah. And it was really impacting the way I was perceiving my body, my nutrition, my mental health. Um, and so I, I, I think the interesting thing about this episode is we are going to talk about both the pros and cons of um, all of the topics that we're, <laughs> but you know, it's like, it's awesome that we have access to like great information for free amazing professionals, like credible trainers, coaches, nutritionists, like there's amazing content out there that's so helpful. But they're on the other side of it. It's like there's also a lot of bad content out there. Or it's like maybe your relationship with the content, you know? Yeah. Sometimes you're just not in a space where you need to be consuming so much stuff related to fitness. Because inevitably, I think it's worth noting that you as a healthy human being, it is more than what you eat or your exercise. It's your mental health. It's the community that you're in. It's if you feel supported by those people. It's it's do you have a roof over your head? Do you have access to food? There's so many elements that make you up as a person and being fit or that athletic side of you is but one part of it. And yeah. you can overfeed certain elements of that. And I think it does become too much. And when it's just like a, literally at your fingertips, accessible there is a way to overdo it and suddenly it's like no longer helping you, which I think I've definitely had to take social media breaks. I had to, I, I thought this was smart. I, I've got my personal account where I follow all my friends, get to see cute babies, puppies, kitties, whatever funny stuff people want to post. And then anybody who is fitness related almost exclusively, including myself, I moved all of my stuff over to another account so that one, I wasn't bombarding people with my fitness that didn't necessarily want to be. And it allowed me to separate the two so that I don't have to like stop using social media, but also I can control how much of it's related to fitness. And that's helped a lot to just like give myself even that little bit of a space of like, just don't double click my other account. <laughs> yeah. You know, just it's good to have that, but it's nice to know where all of it is and I can peruse it when I need to be inspired. And it's awesome to, I follow, Catalyst Athletics, which is awesome. Greg Everett and Amy Everett are world-class Olympic weightlifting coaches, and they share so much on there for free. And that is epic when like either I'm trying to workshop through one of my athletes' problems or if I am having a harder time with like, I don't know, keeping the bar closed, punching it up. There's information there that I know I can access to like help me with those specific things. And it's cool that it's not behind paywalls. Like that's very generous of people to be sharing that. And that's been transformative in my ability to be a coach and be an athlete. Yeah. I also think it's important to create awareness just around like when you're engaging with this content, where you're at emotionally, physically, mentally, because just because we love these um, accounts and that even the awesome ones like Catalyst Athletics, it's sometimes if you're kind of being hard on yourself or if you're having an anxious moment or you're having an off day or you aren't where you're wanting to be through training, even like the accounts that we appreciate the most can sometimes 
trigger like a flood of emotions that maybe like is not helpful or productive for us as athletes at all. And so it's just like be really in tune with what type of content you're engaging with and why and understand that maybe at some times it can really benefit you and other times it can be more harmful, even if it's not. It's more so just about your relationship with the content and what you need. Um, you know, I follow a ton of, of amazing athletes. And sometimes if I'm just having a harder day, it's really not productive for me to watch like all of these very physically talented, strong <laughs> people. Like even though I can acknowledge that they're incredible and this is why I follow them, sometimes that's actually doing more harm for me just because of my mindset that day. Yeah. So I've been dealing with this hamstring slash hip injury since February, and I found myself getting increasingly really negative about some of the people that I was following. And it, I sort of had to take a step back and be like, what, what is even happening here? And it's realizing like, oh, I'm, I'm not in a space to be consuming this. Like, I can't weight lift the way that I want to. Um, I've had to really step back with my physical training and recognize that like right now, the best thing for me as a lifter is to not engage in a lot of this. And I've been working on my mental game with my therapist, with my coach, and just trying to increase my mental fortitude and putting aside the physical aspect of it. And that did require me to like, I don't spend a ton of time on my fitness account these days just because it's not where I'm at. And my, my thing, I, I'm better off just staying away from it. <laughs> you know, social media stuff or not social media, uh, like self-care accounts are more my jam right now yeah. than, than uh, <laughs> how to make my snatch prettier. So. Dude, way to have that awareness though. I just feel like that requires a lot of mental and emotional strength to even get to that point. So I think you should be like proud of yourself. Thanks. Yeah, I feel good about it. And I kind of hope like in the long run, what I can do with this too is start putting out content to help people maybe get through injuries or harder periods of time because- I feel like I've really been in the trenches and done my fair share of it. And if I can help anybody feel like a little less um, out of whack with where they're at because of an injury or not being able to fitness as much as they would like, I do think that that, that, that would have been more helpful for me to have than any yes. amount of like fitness accounts. So I love that. Yeah. That's sort of why, you know, sharing that. Um, but yeah. Access. It is really cool to see the pros and cons of that, I think. Like social media, I know it can be really easy to shit on it, but it's also got cool elements of it too. Like it just, awareness, right? And everything you do and knowing like today's not the day, this isn't the week, the month, the year, whatever. Something else I think social media has done um, in terms of access, it has given us access to seeing all types of bodies doing fitness versus, you know, in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s when fitness was very... You know, niche. yeah, it was very much like this is what fitness looks like and you're really muscular and you do these things and you eat your protein. And it's, it's like, I don't know, like it wasn't very accessible to people who maybe didn't look like that. But the cool thing about social media is you can follow all types of accounts of all types of body types and people doing all types of fitness. So whatever you want to be inspired by, it's probably out there. Absolutely. And so I think it, it's kind of normalized that fitness is for everyone and there is a place for everyone to be doing, you know, whatever health and wellness looks like to them. Absolutely. I think that does kind of help us segue into the next thing we wanted to talk about, which is comparison. Uh, and on that note, like it is really nice. 
comparison can be a really bad thing, but I think it can also be helpful to see people who look like you doing things that you thought, oh, well, maybe CrossFit isn't for me. But like, ah, no, it is. Look, see, other people are doing it. Like, yeah. if they can do it, I can do it. And that's, I think, something that is really cool that's come from that is just the the diversity of bodies we do get to see and having the ability to Compare is always a tricky word, but like, honestly, I think just the visibility of more people like yourself is helpful. Yeah. Or, you know, I feel like there's so many people who just need to be able to relate to someone else doing what they want to be doing, like moms recovering after having a baby and like figuring out what fitness looks like to them, following other moms who are also experiencing the same thing. You know, there's just so much power in finding a community or at least following people that you feel like align with your values or maybe you can relate to their body type or maybe you can relate to their sexual orientation, like whatever it is. I think there's so much power in just finding people and accounts that inspire you in like a really personable, relatable way. Yeah. I, I don't even remember how I found this nutritionist and I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but like her story appeared right at the right moment. I, you know, full disclosure, it's not been a good six months for me. (laughs) for training and I've definitely been eating my fair share of uh, butterscotch cookies for that time. And I've put on some weight and like, it's, you know, it is what it is, but like she shows up on my feed and like, here's somebody who's got a body, I think a lot more similar to mine than a lot of the CrossFit athletes that I follow. And it was so just like in the moment validating for her to be like, yeah, could I lose weight and look even better? Absolutely. But like at the end of the day, I have a full-time job. I'm passionate about things outside of how I look. I eat well and I exercise and it was, I loved it. And I was just like, uh, yes, this is what I needed because I think for me, it's really easy, especially with all the CrossFit athletes that I follow to just feel like when that's my bar for comparison, the top like 1%, it gets dark in my head. And I'm just like, what are you doing? You can't eat guacamole out of your abs and you know, you don't even have abs to speak of, but then suddenly seeing somebody who I, can see with my eyes is very healthy, very knowledgeable, living a balanced life, looks great. It's like, oh, okay. It's a, it, I'm good. Like, I'm okay to be normal like that. That's, that's a perfectly acceptable place for me to exist. And man, that validation just was like everything to me at that moment. Like, it really helped me kind of get my head on straight to start working with my therapist to talk to my coach about how I was feeling and like get on the right path to dealing with the mental side of things rather than always being so fixated on the physical side. Yeah. And kind of to tag on to that, you and I talked a while ago about, you know, our issues with body, our own issues with body dysmorphia and the way we perceive ourselves and how we can be just have these moments where it's so hard to be hard to be grounded in reality with the way we perceive ourselves. And I think that's another thing that social media does to help us is I was like, when do we ever look at people who have similar body types to us and think like that person is fucked up or like their body is ugly or something is wrong with them or they're inadequate? And I think I try to stay grounded in that when I'm having an off day of like, I don't look at other people who look similar as me and think that they're they are lacking or there's something they could be doing that is better or that they need to lose weight or that they need to gain muscle. And so I think that social media also gives us a place to relate to people and learn from that and be kinder to ourselves through it. Yeah. I've kind of taken up the torch for that too, to recognize that like 
my worth lies outside of how I look and like the things that I value about you or Solomon or other people that I really love having in my life. It sure as shit and not about how many abs they have or their muscle definition or what their clean and jerk weight is. Yeah. Or their Fran time, you know, like I don't even think of Fran. Fuck Fran. (laughs) I don't even think about that kind of stuff when I think about what I value in others. And so like if I if people were judging me for how I looked as like an actual value, fuck them too. But also like, I doubt it. I don't think at this point in my life, I have people who are doing that. So like, why get so bogged down by the way that I look when that, like at the end of the day, that really doesn't matter to me as a value. So why would I care if other people, like if somebody values that, then our values aren't aligned and we're not friends. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. And so, I mean, I do think, though, like all that said, it is still nice to see yourself represented. Yeah. Like it is still nice to see that, you know, people of all shapes and sizes can get out there, be active, be beautiful, be fit, be healthy, be strong. Yes. And like that's that's really what we're looking for. And so social media, I think, is really cool in that way. And like it also has the potential to really derail you. So it's also good to like just be mindful, be aware of how these comparisons make you feel. Yeah. And kind of um, in addition to that, something that I think is important for our society to have access to in social media is seeing strong ass muscular women. (laughs) I've just been, Jess and I have talked about this a billion times and maybe we can do a whole other podcast about it, but I think we need to normalize all body types. So not just muscular women, but I'm saying like all body types doing all types of fitness. But also I think specifically women need to be comfortable looking and feeling strong. And that doesn't make you masculine. That doesn't make you um, butch. That doesn't make you like women can be strong and that can be totally normal and sexy and awesome. Yeah, period. Women can have muscle and that's great. And you're not bulky and you're not. (laughs) I just also really quick want to just like, because I've got a microphone in front of my face and if you're listening, you're listening. I have tried so hard to bulk up and to like look like the Hulk. Like I have tried. I have like force fed food into my mouth and I have been lifting heavy ass weights. Heavy. You guys, I cannot, cannot get myself to look like the Hulk. Like, if you somehow accidentally do that, you just need to run with it. But, like, I'm here to tell you, women, lift heavy weights. You are not going to look like a dude. You're not going to be bulky. I have bad news. It does not happen accidentally overnight or, you know, even just by consistently lifting heavy. The amount of effort that has to go in to putting on muscle You would have to eat so much food. You would know. Like, and so… For me, I hate, I, I'm not even going to mention the calorie amount because it is different for everybody. But it, when, when my coach told me what I needed to eat, it was probably like 500 calories over what I felt like was the top end of what I needed to be eating. And that was the minimum that I needed to be hitting on a regular basis to put on muscle. Yep. And it was hard. And it didn't even work that well. Like, I, I did gain muscle and I was so fit and so strong, but like I did not look like I thought I was going to look. I did not have ripped biceps. Also, you know, if you look at a really strong woman and think that she's masculine because of her muscle definition, I think you need to reevaluate reevaluate why you think that and understand that we have been conditioned to think that men 
are strong and they have muscles and women should be lean and slender and like they don't like women, women shouldn't be strong. And why do we think that? Like, why is that our values yeah. as a society? That comes from really fucked up places, you know. So anyway, long story short, but I just think it's important to be exposed to like that on a regular basis. Like women can have muscles and that is also fine. Yeah. I, however you exist in your body is perfect. Yes. As long as you feel good about where you're at for you, not based on standards imposed on you by society. And I'll say it, the patriarchy, like that's great. Your body is worthy. Your body is beautiful. Your body is exactly what it should be, period, whatever it looks like. And I just wish there was more of a normalization of all body types as being feminine, beautiful, whatever. Like, why, why are we like, just appreciate bodies. (laughs) I feel like as a society, we are making progress in that area, but we have a long way to go. We do have a long way to go. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely gotten better. I think the amount of, of fat bodies, muscular bodies, queer bodies, like we're seeing a lot more, which is exciting. And we just need to keep that momentum going. And part of that is everybody taking accountability for where their values lie and how they're perceiving other people. And also yourself, you don't exist in a vacuum. If you would not say something to somebody, you better think hard about where that voice is coming from and why it is you have the need to like be concerned about you personally looking masculine or fat or whatever it is. Like, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of work that needs to be done there. And I think that it kind of just starts with each individual person. And I think you saying the word values, that's kind of what I want. I just want to say because there's so many accounts out there and so much information, if you want to follow an account and be invested in the information that they are giving you, I think something that I've been trying to do better at is be in tune with, does this information like align with my values and who I am as like a human, a coach, an athlete? Uh, Because you should be picky about the information you're being exposed to. Absolutely. That's a podcast we could do on its own. I would be curious like what I'm sure I've got a set of values. One of that always goes off for me is uh, toxic positivity or uh, anti-fatness, like never miss a Monday, restrictive eating, constantly having to go hard. Like those are just not things that I feel like align with me at all. And if any account is going to try and implement shame as a tool to for like progress, progression, uh, it's not for me. Yeah. And I will unfollow so fast. Um. But yeah, we should we should maybe one time sit down and talk about that specifically because I think that can be tricky to figure out who it is you want to follow and why. Totally. Um, yeah, that's a deep one. <laughs> um, how do we feel about moving on to speaking of uh, goals, like going hard versus finding balance, and like why goals matter? Oh, that's a hairy topic. So I guess for me, here's where I want to come out with this one. Speaking of values, I think it is okay to have really high like goals for yourself. Goals are important. But I also think that what gets lost, particularly with social media, is this idea that you should be going hard all the time, never miss a Monday, restrictive eating consistently, always look super shredded. Like, I'm sorry, that's just so you can't 
you can't maintain that for any period of it's time. It's not sustainable. It's not. And I'll be honest, the people, not men necessarily, but I think the women who present on social media, 365, constantly six-pack abs, shredded, man, there's a few things at play there. You've got genetics are always going to be in some people's favors and not others disordered eating. I'm sorry, but we are just not getting the full truth for what a lot of people are eating or doing. And then to be really frank, drugs play a big part of it too. Steroids, steroids, steroids. And if you think they're not accessible, I absolutely guarantee you that they are. Those three things are something to always keep in mind when you're looking at an account and somebody is like always got an amazing physique. That is so hard to maintain. And us as lay people who have eight to five jobs, who have kids, who have friend groups that we are social with, you can't maintain a rock hard, incredible physique and maintain everything else in your life. It's just, it's too much. You, you need to be sleeping 10 hours. You're restrictive on eating. You're definitely not drinking. You're not enjoying dessert. And while you can have your fitness goals, you also have to have life balance. And I think that that's something that doesn't get talked enough about when you look at these social media posts. Like, what do these fitness influencers' lives look like outside of their Instagram accounts? Yeah. And also realize that that is their life. Like, that is their job. That is how they're making an income. Uh, So you shouldn't be comparing yourself to someone who is, it's literally their job and identity to look this certain way. Yeah. I also just sort of off the cuff don't know, but like I wonder what we will hear from these influencers 10, 20 years down the line of how that felt to them to be doing that as a career because it seems exhausting. When I was trying to train competitively for CrossFit, not well and not for very long, but like I went for it. It consumed everything. Like I had a really hard time finding balance and other things in my life. And my anxiety was so high from it. I finally was just like, yeah, I, you know what? I'm going to be better served by doing this. Like this is not worth it. And I think that's something to keep in mind is like, what are your goals? If your goal is to be healthy, I assure you it's okay to skip a Monday. It's okay to eat food you enjoy. It's balance is going to be better for you than extreme eating extreme exercise, extreme everything. Well, and I think that's a um, that's a good point, especially it, I think it brings in the importance of um, working with coaches and teachers and a support system that can help you accomplish your goals safely. Uh, there's, I think there's a lot of toxicity around the timeline around a goal. Um, first of all, I think you need to ask someone who knows what they're talking about if your goal first of all, is realistic. And then second of all, realistically, how long it will take you to accomplish that goal in a sustainable, healthy way. Can I interject really quick on that? When I talked to Juan about wanting to be competitive with CrossFit, he literally looked me in the face and was like, yeah, I think that's a good seven-year plan. There you go. And in my little brain, you guys, I was like, oh yeah, I'm committed for the long call, like at least a year, maybe two. And then to have somebody that I trust be like, yeah, seven. I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, got it. But like, that's true. That is actually what that goal would have looked like. And fitness trying to tell you, oh, six weeks, 12 weeks, three months, six months. Fuck out of here. Well, I look back at when I was first in my first few years of CrossFit, I had this goal of doing a ring muscle up. And I remember writing on the board and being like, I'm going to have this by December, Um which is laughable because I didn't get a ring muscle up until years later. Granted, this, the reason why it was laughable was because, first of all, I did not have the tools to actually like meet my goal at all. 
let alone by December, which I think when I put this on the board, it was like September or something. But I just had it in my head of like, I'm dedicated. I'm strong. I can definitely hit this goal by December. But guess what? Like nobody sat down and was like, hey, let's talk about this goal. First, like, why do you want to get a ring muscle up? Second of all, like if you do want to get a ring muscle up, you're here. And realistically, if we worked on these specific drills like two or three times a week, you would maybe get this ring muscle up in maybe a year. And but that's the dedication it requires. And if you can't sustain that, then it's not going to be a year. It's going to be longer. And that's okay too. Right. I think goals are important, but putting really intense timelines on those is really where a lot of people go wrong because I think when people don't hit something in six weeks or run their first marathon as fast as they want to, they they give up. They quit. Yeah. They're like, well, I'm not going to do it. And it's like the reality of it is in order to do something extreme, it's going to take some time to lose a lot of weight and sustain that years to build a healthy diet that isn't like, and by diet, I don't mean like losing weight, just like generally have a good sense of how to eat all the time years. And I, as a coach, I always like, that's the first thing I talk to people about is like, look, I can't promise you results in a quick turnaround time. Like this is going to take time. I think like, I think it's easier to think about it as if like, let's say you've never played the piano. If you sat down to play the piano, you would never be assuming that you could play, you know, Moonlight Sonata in a week. That's I think you need to think about it in that way because we are literally building skills and lifestyle and important things that build on each other in order to help you achieve this thing. And health and fitness is the same thing. Like you have no business expecting yourself to be able to do this thing in this amount of time until you know exactly what that requires and you are set up to succeed to do that thing. I just want to say that I think a lot of timelines are toxic. I think that they set us up to fail. I think that they make us way harder on ourselves. And I think that it also really changes our relationship with the goal. When maybe if at first when we set the goal, it was this thing that was motivating us and giving us a lot of excitement and energy around this thing. And then it, if our timeline is not realistic, it kind of destroys you. It does. And one of the most, I think, like not important pieces, but like one of the most influential things that anybody has ever said to me related to this was if you can't enjoy the process of the thing, you're not going to enjoy the thing once you get it anyway. Also, like, why are you putting time into doing it if you're not enjoying it? Right. And that's part of it is like you really do have to settle in and be happy sucking at something for a while. I'm not saying you have to be happy with sucking, but like you have to be okay with that just being literally what it takes to get better at something is that you are not going to be good at it. And when you're not good at it the first year and the second year and the third year, that's okay. You just keep at it and eventually you will get it. But yeah, the patience part of it, and that's not, I think, talked about nearly enough if ever. I don't know if I've ever seen somebody's Instagram post really be like, you posted one about it, but like- Progress isn't linear. (laughs) Progress isn't linear. And man, it takes way more time. The reason that- fitness influencers or people in the fitness industry give really short timelines because they want to make money off of you. And also they're able to benefit by saying, oh, well, if you didn't do it 110% for six weeks, for 12 weeks, you failed because of you. So you just need to keep trying and be perfect and then you'll get it. And the reality of it is you will never make that kind of progress in such a short period of time. It does just, it takes the time it takes. And maybe there are those one-off people out there who in 12 weeks can do it. They are the exception to the rule. Yeah. And it's not fair to compare yourself to them. And, and the real, the realistic thing is, is to do anything hard is going to just take 
the time it takes. And I think in social media, it's easy to not see the full picture. Like when people do something really cool and share it with you, you have no idea how much time and effort that thing took. So you should never assume that this person can just one, do this all the time or two, it didn't take them years and years and years of like time and effort to, de- to develop that skill. I'm just saying, don't compare yourself to other people. You have no idea what their journey looked like and don't project their journey to be your journey. Yeah. And you know, background matters. I frustratingly had to learn this the hard way being in CrossFit of like inviting other people to join in and then they've been doing it less time than me, but somehow they're way better. And it's like, well, one, fuck you. Who do you think you are coming in here being better at CrossFit in such a short time? But like, if anybody had a high school or a college background in sports, even if they've never done anything fitness related to what they're doing now, they're going to be a lot better at stuff just because they've got a lot of muscle memory there. Like you also don't know what somebody's past experiences are with other things too. And so many factors play a part in how successful somebody is in the fitness world. Yeah. And it just you have to stay in your own lane. And it is, I think that is one of the really important things about having a coach that you trust, especially if you do have goals, like you were saying, to keep your head on straight, to make sure that like what you're saying does make sense and that you've got the tools to attack it and the ability to like have them keep you on track and not be distracted. I hate it when Juan tells me I'm distracted and I'm like, yeah, but Saul's beating me. And he's like, it doesn't matter that Saul's beating you. What does that matter? I was like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. And then get back on track. And like, if I don't have that, like pulling me back in to remind me that I'm being dumb at the moment, like, man, the amount of distractions I have is unreal. I am so distractible. And I think a lot of people are. And how can we not be? There's so much. Like there's people all around you. There's people on social media, YouTube. It's just everywhere. So having somebody in your corner that you value and trust is really crucial too. Well, I think especially in a sport like CrossFit where – it's kind of inherently just competitive in the way that it is uh, designed. Oh, yeah. Like, like the classes, the programming, like it, the way you post your time and if it's Rx or not. We are conditioned to, to be competitive in that environment. And I think that when we take that competitiveness to social media and we're scrolling through posts and we're seeing like people being able to do things we wish we could do… Um, and constantly just feeling like we're not good enough. Or maybe we are building ourselves up by being like, I can do this better than this person. Or like, oh, look at that person do that shitty thing. It's like, we need to bring some awareness when we're viewing viewing these things on social media, like what we are getting out of it. And if that's actually healthy or productive for us as individuals. Our you know, self-esteem should not be built on being happy that someone else is not as good as us or feeling like, we can do something better than someone else. Like we need to really like be really aware of our relationship to comparison to other people and understand where our self-worth is coming from. For sure. And sometimes that means you're not going hard all the time. Like what's best for you is to back off, to have a deload week, to not be training at 100%, 100% of the time or always be competitive or always be trying to beat somebody or even yourself in a lot of ways. Like it just, it gets really tricky and complicated, I think, when you get into that. And yeah, especially as your self-worth can get tied up in that, it gets even harder. And so not relying on social media to dictate the pace that you should be progressing, learning, moving, going is, is really, really important. And when you stay in your own lane, funny enough, progress does come faster. Yes. 
I think also giving yourself grace and understanding that life happens and maybe our 100% effort looks very different one week versus another week. And we are still putting in 100% effort, even if it means I had to take three rest days this week because of my stress level and because of A, B, and C that is happening in my life that I don't have a lot of control over. So actually what is productive for me in this week is resting more. And that is making that is helping me make more productive and healthy decisions for my body instead of pushing myself to a place of being like, oh, I need to be 100%. I need to work out every day and realizing that actually isn't benefiting me or serving me or being like me being productive as an athlete. Yeah, I I really struggled with rest days too. And I think the more that I've gotten better at not like pulling my worth away from my athleticism, I've been able to take more rest days. And, you know, weirdly, I've gotten fitter. <laughs> rest is so crucial. And I will tell you right now, any account that tries to shame you for taking days off from the gym, fucking unfollow them right the fuck now. Like, I'm not, like, just done. I don't care if they're your best friend, they're wrong. <laughs> and also, you need rest. If you're struggling to take a rest day and enjoy it, and you're a little bit in your head or feeling guilty that you're not doing more, Maybe today is not the day to look at social media. Yeah, that's, yes, because it is so full of that idea that, you know, you'll rest when you're dead. Well, I have bad news. You're going to be dead eventually and you're going to wish you'd rested. <laughs> yeah, or maybe you don't need to see your, you know, your active friends doing stuff that you feel like you should be doing. Yes, it's true. And I, I think just kind of off topic a little bit. That's also why I've tried to not post as much as my fitness stuff and like voice that on people of like, oh, right. Not everybody wants to be bombarded by this. <laughs> they can have a choice. I've got that account if they want to follow it. Cause like, I know for me, it can be kind of triggering of like, ugh. and to be fair, I'm the only person that I know that posts that. So it's not <laughs> like I'm calling anybody out. I just know that I struggle with that too. But yeah, rest days, stay off social media, give your brain a break. Um, I think this would be a good way to pivot into kind of like the sharing gains um, topic. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Because you said that, and I like literally posted a ring complex video today <gasps> on my personal page. Yet. No, <laughs> you don't, you're but, not overdoing it. For a while there, like all I wanted to post was fitness stuff. And that's sort of what I mean of like when you get really into it and you're like, this is all I'm doing. I love seeing people's stuff, but it's just like if it's all going to be fitness, maybe. Yeah, I think, I mean, I also have two separate accounts. And I think, um, so I posted this as a story on my personal page and I don't post a lot of fitness stuff on my personal page. One, because I feel like I'm a little self-conscious of it. And two, I just don't, I don't know, like, I don't know how many people want to see that. I don't know if people are thinking that I'm like, I don't know, it's almost like you're posting a selfie and you're like, look at me, look at me. And like the, the way people are perceiving that or judging you for it, like, I get really in my head and overthink the whole thing. But I think the reason why I do share what I share when I do is like, this is very much a part of me as an individual. Like this is, if you were to ask, if you didn't know me and you had five minutes to learn something about me, my relationship with fitness would be in that five minutes. It is, it is entirely a huge component of who I am and what makes me who I am and how I succeed in every other aspect of my life. And so even though sometimes it seems a little like showing off or humble bragging or whatever, it's also like so much a part of me that like if we are putting our true selves on social media, like this is my true self and maybe it is a little show offy, but it's also 
like something that's really important to me and valuable to me. And I do want to share it with the people in my life every once in a while. Um, I've just watched this now twice through. Yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> but like, what's cool, and I just want to point this out, like, because I do know you so well. And I know all of like, I remember you doing drills when I was training all that CrossFit and you would come over and do like little baby ring muscle ups on the rings, on the rig, and just like start from the ground and like, you know, using your feet to like turn you over and all of this stuff and how far you've come and how hard you've worked. Like it does speak to you as a person of like having that dedication to stick to something that you're passionate about. And like, dude, since I've known you, you've been working hard on this. And so to see that come to fruition for you is really cool. And I do, as I say this of like wanting people to be mindful and like myself being mindful of social media and like posting all this stuff, when you do cool shit like that and it comes like, it is, it means something to you. Like, I do think people want to see that. And I think people should post their wins. I think that that is really cool. I think where it gets kind of tricky is when you've got like professional athletes or, you know, fitspo people just only posting all the wins all the time, never talking about like the highs and the lows of all of this. Like not painting the full picture. picture. Right. And I feel like you've never been somebody who didn't paint a full picture. Like you've, you've shared some of the harder stuff in there too. And like, so when somebody does get a win, it's really easy to stand up and cheer and scream. Like, that is amazing. You pushing your arms back and creating that little arch in the rings. I know how hard that is. And that looks like that's the least difficult thing you're doing there. And I, it is not. Like, that's so cool. And the amount of work that went into that. Like, I do love that. And I love seeing that from people. I especially love seeing it from people I know. Like, that makes me happy. Um, that's so fun. And I think people should share their their big wins because let people cheer you on and be in your camp to support you. But it's also like a fine line, right? Like, and I think this is why we did create uh, fitness accounts because it's so much easier to just be like, look, if you're interested in this part of me, like follow this account because I'm just going to go balls to the walls fitness over here. Oh, yeah. And if you're not, then don't follow. It's fine. Uh, but I also think like you were saying, it's, I don't know, as an athlete, it's like, dude, what do I post? What do I not post? Like, what's too much? What's not enough? Like, what, I don't know, sometimes I get in my head and I realize I'm a very, like, self-aware, anxious person. And so sometimes I try to remember that there are people out there that just post whatever the fuck they want and they give zero shits what people think. Oh, my God, all the time. I know. (laughs) I probably spend at least two days thinking about something before I post it on Instagram. And I wish I didn't, but yeah, I do too. (laughs) I mean, I feel you. I ended up posting when I took second at Utah State Championship. I posted that to my main account because I was like, hell yeah. I like, yeah. that was awesome for me. That was like a legitimate, like, I did that. I, you did. I did that. <laughs> but, you know, some of the other stuff, like, people don't need to be bombarded. But at the same time, I think when you do have those really big wins that feel really good in your soul and like something you're going to take with you, share that to everybody because it is a part of you. A piece of Mandy is an athlete. Yeah. And that makes up who you are. (laughs) Even though, I don't know, sometimes it's, I don't know, just complicated, right? It is. Well, I get that too. And then you worry about people judging you. And I like, will look at something. I'm like, was my form right? Was my form perfect? Did that, hmm, I don't know. I don't know if I can post that. Cause like, look at that knee bend right there. But it's like, oh, I feel good about it. Just post it. If somebody wants to be critical of it, you know what? They're going to get a middle finger. Like I... (laughs) Unless your name is Juan, Juan, I don't want to hear it. And even then, sometimes, like, Juan, I don't want to hear it. I know. But I did it anyway. Well, man. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I think that is kind of a, 
you're right. It's a double-edged sword. But like one of the guiding principles that I personally have with that is like, I always try to be honest about the shitty things too. Definitely. I have posted so many videos of me popping out the bar backwards or like having no ability to get a barbell up for a hip thrust, you know, or just like otherwise kind of my struggles with like skill progression and things like that. Like I do want to be really honest about what this looks like. And it doesn't always make for the most epic Instagram feed, but I feel good about it. And sometimes for me, posting the things that aren't as good, it's really fun to go back and be like, whoa. I, look how far I've come. Yeah. Like, look at that. That makes me happy. I sucked at that. And now I suck less at that. I think I love that for me. I think prog- like I think posting things with a like progress perspective is really important. Um, I've posted a couple of videos of like this was me in 2020 and this is what I'm doing now. And I think if you see how many years it's taken me to make that progress, I think it paints the picture that you're talking of, of like realistic timelines, understanding the effort, understanding like, you know, this is what I looked like first instead of just posting like the perfect PR or this amazing achievement without like giving some credit to like the work you fucking did to get there. Oh yeah. I rewatch my old snatch videos all the time and it is horrifying how bad I was. Like, wow, why did nobody tell me? And it's like, well, they did. You just weren't understanding. But like, yeah, I started like taking lifting seriously in probably 2019. And it's taken me up to this point to feel like, okay, I'm, I'm okay at lifting. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good at lifting. Yeah. Cause you've fucking put in the time. Right. And it's taken that much time. And you've like broken things down to a tedious level and you have really drilled technique and Yeah, I'm not just out there lifting as heavy as I can lift every day, trying to hope that like it gets better. It's like I have to keep stripping the bar, stripping the bar. Oh, shit. I have to use the technique bar, which is only 15 pounds. And I feel kind of like a little loser doing it. But then the reality is like, no, the loser is the person who won't pick up the technique bar and like drill down on their skill. The loser is the person who keeps trying to load weight on the bar that they have no business lifting. And that's like, but it's really hard to know that because people don't talk about that. (laughs) Yes. And it's not to say you're a loser. Some of those people are. But like mostly it's just you're just not understanding that like you really do have to strip so much back and really humble yourself. Yeah. And I I think when we post things, it's important to bring in those messages and values to that's what I'm saying when we talk about like the accounts we're following and if they align to our values, just like do you connect with this person in the messaging and like the the way that they are portraying their achievements? I think that's like a really... Yeah. Important thing to just consider when you're time is precious. Why are you giving this person your time to look at their shit? Oh yeah, I love that idea. Yeah. And if all you're seeing is just nothing but wins and losing weight and building muscle and nothing about the difficulty that comes with that, they're not telling you the truth. They're not being honest about the process. There's something off there. Who knows? I've also recently learned about photo editing. Like Oh God. Yeah. I, the amount of deception for so many reasons that can take place on social media. Like if you're not getting, and it's not to say that you need to be coddled or like, you know, condescended to on all of this, but like you, you kind of should have an, a sense of like, is this person being authentic or does this seem all too good to be true? And if it does feel like they're only winning, they're only making gains, there's never anything else, there's something else going on. And it's probably... Some people, I think there can be like the snake oil, the charlatan, the person who's trying to get money out of you to, to be deceptive. But I think a lot of the times too, what we're not understanding is like all of these social media people 
also feel really bad about themselves. Yes. And they need the validation. And so, I mean, let's be real. Social media is entirely about validation. <laughs> oh, for sure. I, I love when I post something and get a lot for it, you know, or I, 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 I don't know, even if I can inspire somebody through being stupid, like, yeah, if people are responding to it, I'm happy. If people yeah. aren't responding to it, I'm like, well, what did you do? Why did you even post that? We get addicted to that feedback. Like, absolutely. Yeah. And they do too. Yeah. I don't, small tangent, but uh, a woman who like legitimately has abs and is very, very fit got called out for editing her photos. And oh, she was like, sometimes I feel fat. And I was just looking at this woman and I'm like, okay, this is a good indication of like, if somebody that looks like that still feels fat, we've got a major problem in society and I need to get off of this because like, I am not going to feel good about my body under any circumstances if she feels bad about the way she looks. <laughs> like, yeah, this plagues us all. Yeah. So. All subjective. Yeah. So share your wins. Pay attention to what people are sharing, not sharing. Also share the journey, share the process, talk about the harder things. Yeah, if you feel stupid doing something, but you're having fun, post the stupid thing. Be more relatable. Yeah, I love that. I think that, that that's also really fun for me, watching people learn something new and then getting better at it. Man, that's a success story that people want to see on Instagram. I don't want to see your best lift ever. I do, but I also <laughs> want to see your shittiest lift. Show me you those see two. both. Yes. <laughs> so... Yeah, kind of on that level. Um, anything else along the lines on that? No, I think I'm good. Another topic we wanted to touch on, kind of along the lines of all of this, is like there's so much out there, and it can be really hard to tell what's quality versus what is maybe a grift um, or just bad information. People Not sometimes don't time. even mean to be, again, people aren't trying to pull one over on you. They just also don't know because they got bad information. Yeah, I will say that um, the fitness industry is like pretty young in the grand scheme of things. And especially as it relates to social media, you can find conflicting information everywhere of just like how to do a, like a simple bicep curl. You could probably watch five different videos and get different instructions on how to do it. Oh, squats, too. You think that's just standing like squatting the bar and standing it back up? No, tons of ways to do that. And like, should you go ass to grass? Is parallel enough? Like, yeah, all the time. Should you go below parallel? Ever, yeah. Like, for the record, no, you don't have to go ass to grass. It depends on your goals, which all goes back to, like, talking to somebody about what you want out of life. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of bad information. There's a lot of bad information about diets. Um, nutrition is also so new. Oh, my God. It's really hard to know. There's not one size fits all. And if no. anybody is trying to say this is the one true way, unfollow, get out of there. They're wrong. And maybe they're not like that could work for some people. But by and large, there's such a spectrum. And I think that's something you and I are both learning about, both with fitness and nutrition. Yeah. As athletes and as coaches, like ugh, you really have to know the person that you're working with or you have to know yourself and kind of figure out what works. And like there are some guidelines, but they're general. And they're broad and it is just guidelines. <laughs> and also people can be right about some things and wrong about other things. It's it's really true. I I follow another page that I really love, Tactic Nutrition. They have so many good things. Alex and Meredith are great. I love them. Me too. And like there has genuinely been conflicting information that they have said that goes against what Juan has said. And 
sometimes when I hear that, I have to remember like, okay, Juan is speaking to me as an individual athlete who knows me specifically and has worked with me for years, has a good understanding of how my body works. And so anecdotally, something might work better for me. And it really is going to work better for me. But for the broad swath of population that's listening or watching tactic nutrition stuff, that might not be the best approach to something. Yeah. And so sometimes too, nuance really matters in this. Like specifically zone two and fat burning. I'm not going to get into it. I really think there's times where it works and there's times where it's kind of like, yeah, you know, that's not really how that works. Um, and it just depends on the person. And that can be really challenging to know that as a lay person. And I think even you and I involved in all this, like we don't always know what's good or not. <laughs> totally. We have little debriefs about what do you think about that? <laughs> It is confusing. And if you are ever unsure, I think it'd be interesting to see what like multiple accounts are saying about the same thing. Yeah. And having sources that you trust. Like I really do trust one. I trust Alex and Meredith. I Or take that information and ask someone you but, trust about it. Yeah. And and talk about the nuance there because maybe it is a little more complicated and it's it's rarely black and white. Yeah. You know, Most things are pretty gray. Unfortunately. <laughs> in this world. Yeah. And I feel like that doesn't get that doesn't get broken down nearly enough. Um, it's all or nothing kind of mentality. Um, yeah, having somebody you trust. Mans and I are always happy to talk about this stuff. If you are listening and you've got our numbers or our email, like, got a question, reach out. Like, yeah, we're happy to share whatever information we have about it. <laughs> it's not gatekeeping, but, or we don't want to gatekeep rather. But uh, yeah. Do you, can you think of anything ridiculous that you've seen like information wise on social media that you just like could not roll your eyes hard enough at? Um, I have kind of vetted my accounts pretty well. And so I don't, I don't feel that way as much anymore, but every once in a while I'll have like a suggested account that I'm like, whoa, no, <laughs> not follow that. Yeah. For me, I think the big one, there was a most recent one where a semi-famous CrossFitter uh, developed programming to specifically target cellulite. Oh, God. And I have such bad news. Like, that's not how that works. And like, no specific exercises are going to melt belly fat or get rid of your cellulite. But they know that it sells. It sells. Or, or programming one-time Jeff Bridges. This makes me so, Josh Bridges. This makes me so mad. Not the actor, CrossFitter. Designed a program for women specifically so that they wouldn't get bulky. And like, that was the whole marketing of it. And like, you have to lift heavy weights if you want to put on muscle and look lean or have that tone. Like you get that by lifting heavy. That yeah. is like kind of it. I do have issues with stuff that's advertised. It's like, do these ab exercises and see a difference in 30 days or tra-la-la. I think there's a lot of misconceptions around like how you actually achieve abs and I think that that's something that a lot of people are insecure about. And the fitness industry has always been kind of preying on false information to get yes. people to buy things or have like a magic trick that's going to fix their issue. And it's not. So I've always. Yeah, that's kind of a one for me, too, where it's just like that's not good information. And yet it's so pervasive and it can be really hard because like, yeah, there is way to like lose belly fat, but it's. It's eating a particular way. It's lifting heavy. It's and you're not gonna like. You may not lose weight there first. Like yeah, you running is not the key to burning fat. Uh, also, if you do a bunch of sit ups, you're not necessarily going to have a six pack. You know, it's there's so many factors that contribute to meeting these goals. And 
if you think that this is too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah. Oh, you know, a funny one too that I just thought of. I scroll through a lot of fitness stuff, but one time somebody posted on their stories that I that I trust about not raising your toes, not elevating your toes for uh, Romanian deadlifts. And like a lot of research, like the person talking it through really broke it down. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I'm doing this programming now and I shit you not as part of the warm up, you elevate your toes and do RDLs. <gasps> shit. I know. And I'm like, I need to ask Juan about it actually. Cause like conflicting information. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe the guy that said don't do it is right. But then also like, I do kind of trust the guy that I've got this programming for. So like, I almost like I need a third person to be like, also, could it depend on like the athlete and what they're trying to achieve? Yeah, I don't, I honestly have no idea. And like, but that's the thing. And I feel like I know a lot, but there's still so much I don't know. Oh, yeah. And when you start to really get into these little tiny things and like, it seems like that doesn't matter, but that does start to accumulate. And if you just have a lot of bad information, suddenly like how effective are your workouts? How effective are you in reaching your goals? So it's good to have people that you can trust and kind of break that stuff down. But yeah, I'll come back with an answer for that. Okay. At least one that I feel a little more sure of. Because like right now, I really, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. Yeah. I kind of think you don't need to because you're shortening the length. And like, why would you do that? I have never raised my toes. <laughs> during our Nobody sales. do it. Don't. <laughs> nobody start now. I don't even know if that's right. And like, to be fair, the guy that I'm getting programming from, because I'm not working with one on programming, just like mental stuff. Uh, who knows? But that's another, yeah. So just like be mindful too. Like don't take everything. Even, even if somebody looks really fit, it does not actually make them an authority on how to exercise. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. There's a lot of fat Olympic weightlifting coaches out there who do not Olympic weightlift, but you better believe they know what they're talking about and you would do well to listen to them. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't make assumptions about people's um, health or like fitness knowledge based on their body type. Yeah. If we, if, yeah. If we had to drive home anything, I think that would be it. You can't determine that by the way somebody looks, including yourself. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That was pretty fun. Do you have anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Uh, if you guys have any comments or questions or if you liked this episode, please let us know. We're still kind of figuring out how we're going to navigate uh, this strike period. So if you liked it, hell yeah. If you want to hear more about a related topic, like, please just. Yeah, I think Mandy and I, Mans, Mando, man, sorry. Mandy and I could probably talk about this for a while too. Like there's yeah. a lot to cover in fitness that we would be happy to touch on. And we have some other ideas that we um, will be considering when we record our next, re well, record next. But yeah, we would love to know what you guys want to hear more of. Um, we got, we're also planning on doing other like reality TV based things or maybe mental health stuff. I don't know. We have like a bunch of ideas. Yeah. Well, I really can't wait for Vanderpump Rules to come back. <laughs> I but, miss it so much. Yeah. Me too. All right. Well, we miss you guys and thank you for listening if you did. Yeah. We appreciate you hanging with us and uh, we'll see you next time. Hey, bye. Drama Bonded is produced and hosted by Jessica Brumbaugh and Mandy Booth. Our production manager and editor is Solomon Brumbaugh. Our theme music is by Joe Waters. You can find more of his music streaming on the EP Jupiter Daywatch. Music vocals by Mandy Booth. Graphic designer is Pigeon House. Special thanks to everybody who has downloaded and listened to us. 
We are so, so grateful for your support. Thank you.